0: May
1: the way open before you. May Welcome back to another bonus episode of The Way of Love. I'm Sandy Milien, and I'm here with Kyle Oliver. Thanks, Sandy. Before we introduce today's conversation, we have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. When we wrapped up Season 2, we said we'd be back with Season 3 right about at this time in January. Well, the team has been talking about how to give our listeners more of what they want, which of course is more time with Bishop Curry, and also about how to help the show reach more listeners. So we wanted to let you know that we're going to push the launch of season three back a few months so we can start bringing you episodes that we think will make both of those goals possible. So watch your feeds for that after Easter. We are really excited. In the meantime, we'll keep on sharing bonus episodes every two weeks, including from the live show that we're recording in Atlanta on Wednesday, January 22nd at the Rooted in Jesus conference. Today's episode is the first of a two-part conversation. You'll hear Bishop Curry with the very reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas, Dean of the Episcopal Divinity School at Union Theological Seminary. Check your show notes for a link to the video version of this interview Dean Douglas begins with a question about how the legacy of slavery has shaped Bishop Curry's family and his vocation in the Episcopal Church.
0: I'm the child of a grandmother who had little more than a sixth grade education, came up from the South during the time of the Great Migrations. And my grandmother simply had a dream that one day her four grandchildren, Hmm. which were myself and my three siblings, would one day graduate high school. She couldn't dream a dream bigger than that for her colored children, as she would call us. I am also the great-granddaughter of a woman who was born into slavery. Hmm. And I knew her. We called her...
1: You you did know her?
0: Yeah, she, oh. she died uh, when I was about seven uh, years old or so. And so she lived a little, like about 101 or so. So I am accountable to them. I hold myself accountable to them and the dreams they had and the dreams they couldn't dream, mm-hmm. right? What does it mean for you to come from a people who were enslaved? And didn't have the opportunities we have. What does it mean for you as you sit here, as the black presiding bishop of this church?
1: Mm. We we share similar <laughs> trajectories and similar history, and you know. And, and, and the truth is, uh, my my grandmother I think had I don't know if she had a high school degree. I'm not sure about that, but I know she'd gone to high school. She my maternal grandmother had gone to high school, uh, but she was a sharecropper's daughter, and and the uh, granddaughter of slaves Um, and similar on my father's father's side of the family. Um, You know, I I remember there was one time uh, when our youngest daughter, um, Elizabeth, was playing and somehow she got her finger caught in the door and and literally the the door closed on it and chopped half the finger off. Mm. It took a second to realize what happened. And her finger was actually dangling. Hmm. And so I got her older, got the finger up and wrapped it up and um, put ice on it. And then got her older sister to just, I said, you just gotta hold your sister in the car. We got in the car and drove to the hospital. We were living in Baltimore at the time. And we drove to Sinai Hospital Mm -hmm. and um, went to the emergency room. And they took her first in line because they wanted to save the finger, and Mm -hmm. she was a young child. And so they took her and they um, did whatever it was they were doing. And then they put the finger. They said, you've just got to hold her here and hold the finger in this solution because we're trying to save the finger. Hmm. And so I guess they were trying to kill germs. Right. Um, so I was holding in the solution. So I've got this crying child and literally in my arms. I mean, literally crying. And then part of me think, boy, her mother's going to kill me when <laughs> she gets home. And so I've got this child. And I will never forget. I don't even know if she, I've ever told her this story. But I was literally sitting there rocking her. Hmm. and just trying to rock her until the the pain would subside and mm-hmm. the tears whatever whatever just doing what you do mm-hmm. and i remember just telling her you are the descendants hmm. of old slaves mm-hmm. who lost everything they had and they made it hmm. you are made of tough stuff and this hurts mm-hmm a lot of life's going to hurt <laughs> hmm. and you got to fall and get yourself back up. Hmm. And when I was saying that, I realized I was saying what my grandmother had said yeah. when real little children yeah. fell and scraped our knee or something <laughs> like that. That's how deep that yeah. is. And the truth is everything that I hope I do that accomplishes anything for the good of humanity and God's dream in this world, there's a part of me that does it because I owe them, and it's the next leg of the journey that I've got to go. Right. Um, and I don't know, I do know why. I was um, um, just coming here from, um, I was in Charlotte preaching at Friendship Missionary Baptist mm-hmm. Church there. Um, um, a great church, Dr. Dr. Jones is the pastor there, and really a fine, um, uh, just a fine, extraordinary pastor and community leader. And I was there with, with a group of friends. We had all grown up together. And we were sitting around talking about, you know, why is it th- this little community um, in Buffalo, New York, of, of folk who had moved from the Carolinas of Virginia mm. and Virginia, and some from Georgia and Alabama, mostly the Carolinas and mm. Virginia and, and Buffalo, um, what was it that it produced folk, uh, several MDs, um, several attorneys, teachers, and lawyers? What was it? This little black community. Why did it produce this, this incredible renaissance of people? And we were trying to figure out, well, we were there. What happened? <laughs> right. Part of it was that that community, at least at that time, knew that the legacy of those ancestors who had suffered so horrendously and worked so tirelessly so that not they, but those who followed them might live the dream. That that was bequeathed to their children and that we imbibed that and it became a part of who we were. And I grew up knowing that I had to make a contribution to humanity that made a difference I remember one time I got, got, I I do know what what happened. My father wanted me to go pick up my grandmother for something. And and, um, I said, do I have to go pick? I was like 16. He just Mm -hmm. learned how to drive. I said, do I have to go get her? And he blurted, I say, no, the Lord didn't put you here just to consume the oxygen. <laughs> right. exactly. I, <laughs> right. I remember the thing. Right. Yeah. Right. That was the under. That was the self understanding mm-hmm. that you're not here just to consume. Right. You are here to give. You are here to make a difference. Um, the Lord has blessed you so that you can be a blessing. He never said it that way, but that's what they were saying. And if you don't make the, a difference, then you are squandering the heritage yeah. that has been bequeathed to you.
0: No, I, yeah, hearing you literally brought tears into my heart, too, because I remember hearing those stories and knowing who Mm -hmm. our grandparents were and great-grandparents were and the opportunities they didn't have, and yet they survived anyhow, and they fought for our Mm -hmm. freedom anyhow. And so for us to, one, give up in the face of the kind of struggles that we find today or nothing compared mm. to, to those. To give up is blasphemy. That's right. It's, it's exactly right. It is blasphemy. It's blasphemy. So right. their strength runs through us and we are accountable to those folks who really lost their lives. I mm-hmm. always tell students, look, particularly black students, no, no, you can't come here and not turn in your work because someone mm-hmm. died so that you could be sitting here uh, or to not vote, et cetera, et cetera. Which leads me than really to our church, the Episcopal Church, hmm. right? And, you know, this may not be news to you, it's a white denomination. Uh, the, the Episcopal uh, Church? This, yeah. No, I didn't know that. Uh, here we are in a white church, a church that is not simply the church of colonizers, a colonizing church, a church that likes to boast of being the church of 11 presidents, right? Hmm. And this is a church with a, at best, checkered history in relationship to issues of racial justice. You know, during the period of slavery, the antebellum period, our church didn't really split over the issue, that it never really came to the forefront of our church as a moral issue in terms of of slavery. And so, given the reality of this church, the history of this church, which has not always been so welcoming to us as people of color and some would say continues not to be so welcoming. Mm -hmm. What does it mean that you are a black man as the presiding bishop of this white Episcopal Church?
1: Part of our calling is the, the hard and difficult calling of helping This community, this is my faith community, Mm -hmm. um, to become what God dreams and intends for it to be, what Jesus was talking about Mm -hmm. when he walked the shores Mm -hmm. of Palestine, Um, what he was talking about when he talked about the reign and the kingdom of God, what he was talking about when he said make disciples of all nations and he did discriminate mm-hmm. when he was talking about when he said uh, come unto me all ye who are weary mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. all ye is actually biblical for all y'all uh, <laughs> for all yeah. ye. and and that that's really what he was talking about That mm-hmm. this was a profoundly um not just simply welcoming this was a profoundly embracing mm-hmm. vision of God's created humanity that is no respecter of persons, as mm-hmm. old King James used to say. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's the gospel vision. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus is about. Mm-hmm. And, and in the church and in the world, mm-hmm. the church is to be a witness to what the world's supposed to be, that, that it may be incumbent upon all of us mm-hmm. um, who claim to be baptized disciples of Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. Um, it's incumbent on all of us, but those of us who have positions of leadership, and maybe those of us who have positions of leadership who come from communities who know what it is to have been excluded, who who know what it is, as the old spiritual says, uh, I've been buked and I've been (laughs) scorned, I've been talked about, show as you're born, who know what that experience is Mm -hmm. like, who know what, I was thinking about when you were talking before Langston Hughes' poem From Mother to Son, life for me ain't ain't been been no no crystal crystal, stair yeah that that those of us who know something about that mm-hmm. it is incumbent upon us to help the church to be a witness and a community where mm-hmm. nobody else has to suffer like that mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. nobody else gets put down like that we who have been put down must not put down anybody else right. and we must not stand by idly mm-hmm. when somebody else is put down and and so part of maybe One of the callings of somebody like a Michael Curry, who is a descendant of African slaves, um, it may well be to help the church truly be Catholic. Hmm. We're comfortable with being Catholic as being doctrinally faithful to the faith once delivered unto the Mm -hmm. saint. And I believe that. I got got no problem with that. I believe that. (laughs) But but that word Catholic means something else. Mm-hmm. That word Catholic is, is Acts 10 where Cornelius, where Peter realizes that, that the spirit of God has gone up, fallen upon the Gentiles too, mm-hmm. just like it did upon the, the Jewish, Jewish Christians. It has mm-hmm. now fallen upon Gentiles mm-hmm. and that the spirit of God is no respecter of persons mm-hmm. um, and that God calls who God wills and who God wants mm-hmm. um, and that God's going to create a beloved community. In Christ there is no East, mm-hmm. no West, in him no South, no North. And that that's our calling. Well, maybe it takes a descendant of cattle slaves to come and just say what is already the case right? Right. and to, and to invite and call and plead and cajole and do whatever he has to do to say, come on, let's follow Jesus for real. Well, let's let's really follow Jesus.
0: And that leads me to that your initial oh. call. Uh To call Episcopalians into the
1: Jesus movement. Oh, yeah. Now. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I I thought you were trying to leave. No, no, I really wasn't. Leave to the
0: Jesus movement. Because what's interesting to me, first of all, you know, some of my non-Episcopalian friends have said, so what have y'all been doing all along? As you Mm -hmm. talk about this and talk about what it means to be truly Catholic and when we think Mm -hmm. about our history, we're descendants of persons where the Bishop of London said, when you get baptized, Mm -hmm. don't be thinking that has something to do
1: with (laughs) what's going to happen on earth to you.
0: You're going to still be a slave. Now, when you get to heaven, God can work that out, your salvation. (laughs) So this is our church. Now... I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound a whole lot like Jesus to no. me, right? And so I thought when you called, I know there are people who were fearful, oh, Lord, he's called us into the oh, Jesus oh, movement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now we're going to have to be we, evangelical we, and right. knock on doors and tell yeah. people to come. But you know, we'll that doesn't work oh, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it as my black presiding bishop saying, y'all, yeah. you have not been following Jesus. And you called him to the Jesus movement in a moment of, well, the moment we're in in this this racial unrest and injustice. And so I heard you signifying that, you know, in black tradition, we signify, and those who have ears to hear will hear. Now, what prompted that, Brother (laughs) Curry?
1: Well, Sister Dean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's because I genuinely do believe that this church has the capacity as that old hymn says, "Rise up and acclaim the high calling." Hmm. I, I, I genuinely believe that. If I didn't yes. believe that, I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I really do, and 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 I believe deeply that Jesus is the key <laughs> to our salvation, our emancipation, our liberation, and He's the key. Mm-hmm. And. And it's true for the Episcopal Church, but it's true for any of the churches. I mean, you look at any of the mainline churches—Protestant, um, uh, uh, Roman Catholic—in um, America. I'm talking about now. I can't talk about the rest of the world, but in America, um, there is a pattern of accommodating and becoming comfortable with the culture and the way things are, and and and, and that just happens. It it, it happens, and um, when the church gets too cozy with the culture and the way things are, you have to ask yourself the question, so who is your Lord? (laughs) Who's really God? Mm -hmm. Who's really in charge? Um, And I know we got to find new words for Lord. I I get all that. I know that. But the point is what it's getting at is who is in charge of your life and the life of the church? Mm -hmm. Is it Jesus of Nazareth? What? Or is it the culture in which you are embedded? And and if it is the culture, then you're not following Jesus, mm-hmm. or not following Jesus as as he when he said, when Jesus him says Jesus calls us over the tomb mm-hmm. Not following him. The teaching Jesus, the, who they later discovered to be the Christ, but they heard his teachings mm-hmm. and saw the way he lived his life mm-hmm. and how he interacted with folk. Mm-hmm. And they eventually I like were, now, I'm going to be careful because I know I'm talking to a theologian. But I remember <laughs> the one thing I remember from Paul Tillich was he said that some about Jesus was he was transparent <laughs> and folk could see God through him. Yeah,
0: that's right. That, and,
1: and so they came to know him as Christ, the Messiah and all of that through seeing through mm-hmm. him. You see what I mean, mm-hmm. they, they said this, this brother is like showing us God like we have seen this before. And, and that Jesus of Nazareth is a game changer. Um, that Jesus of Nazareth is the one who defines his ministry in Luke 4. I mean, Mm. quoting from Isaiah, uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, what? To preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the jubilee, the great getting up morning, the the acceptable (laughs) year of the Lord. That's Jesus. Now, I'm here to tell you that that Jesus can take the Episcopal church, can take the Presbyterian church, can take the Methodist church, the UCC, the Roman Catholic church, the Orthodox, that Jesus can take Christians and turn us upside down, which is right side up. The Jesus movement, people whose lives are rooted and grounded in this Jesus of Nazareth in his example, his teachings, and his loving, liberating, and life-giving spirit, that's it's going to be different. We're not going to be perfect, but it's going to be different. And where I have gone off in my life and where the church in its history has gone off in its life, where it's been silent mm-hmm. during slavery, mm-hmm. where it has been silent at any folk being put down, whether it's women or LGBTQ Mm -hmm. folk, or whoever, anybody, Mm -hmm. whether it's poor folk, whoever it is, Mm -hmm. putting down anybody where it's been silent or vocally complicit, Mm -hmm. it's been when it has strayed away from daring to follow in the footsteps of Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm you find very few direct references to the actual teachings of Jesus that's of Nazareth right. in right. pro-slavery writings. That's right. Now, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Jesus is not helpful if you want to be a bigot. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's not helpful. Well, but- and the church has gone wrong when it goes away from that Jesus and fixates on being part of the way things are. Yeah.